Before we dive in, I want to let you know that my pediatric food allergy course, Fear to Freedom, is officially open for enrollment right now on emilynolan.com. One more thing before I jump in, I'm a mama, not a doctor. So the information provided in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a qualified medical professional. Any questions you may have concerning the diagnosis or treatment of a medical condition should be directed to your doctor or another qualified healthcare provider. You asked me like how I work without getting divorced and keeping my head straight. The truth is, is that my head is barely on straight and I, I like it that way. <laughs> I've always been a juggler and I also have figured out how to make time for myself. I get the chance to speak with the bubbly, so grounded and fun Jamie Kolnick of Jam with Jamie. She specializes in children and music and, as you'll learn in this episode, all the fun things, kids and music. I thought this conversation would be more music-driven. And in fact, it became more about how Jamie manages a life, a full life with three children and a husband and a business. Really, really insightful stuff here. And she also discusses music But it's rich. This is a rich conversation and one that I continuously come back to when my mompreneurs join the podcast. I hope that it helps you in some capacity, whether it's through music or mompreneurship support or just hearing another mom's experience of how she's doing it all, which I really hate saying that. But you know what I mean. So Have a listen and let me know what you think. You can always respond to my weekly newsletter, which you can sign up for on emilynolan.com. I love hearing from you all. Tell me about Jam with Jamie and also how you manage your life because you're growing a thriving business that's all over the U.S. and you can talk about where you offer Jam with Jamie. I know I've taken it online as well. And how you manage to run a family stay married, have three children, and have probably multiple calendars and schedules going at once. I, like every other married couple, have had my um, not staying married threats. (laughs) That's a weekly occasion in our house. Yeah. um, No, Sean and I are doing very well. We just had our 10-year wedding anniversary. We've been together 17 years. We met our uh, freshman year of college and got together our junior year. And he's seen me through all of it, all of the renditions of my life before Jam with Jamie, the beginning of Jam with Jamie. And um, yeah, we're going on, I'd say, I think it's 14 years of the business. I started it um, in New York. I was performing all of the birthday parties and classes and events myself And then I started training other people and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, I can have, you know, I could train other performers who have different skill sets than I do and are able to offer different talents to the company. And it became this whole other idea. And I really capitalized on that and realized that I had a business that could come from it. And then I had people, I did these videos on Hellcast 
where I perform children's hand plays online. This was the first thing I ever did online with this company, Howcast. They actually reached out to me. And because I was submitting as um, an actor for various audition notices at the time, and I don't know why I applied for this job on playbill.com or whatever, but it was a how to kiss video <laughs> as I was starting Jam with Jamie. Like I was... Was I married I, or I was about to get married? And I was auditioning for like a how to kiss with some random person. Maybe I was like looking for something at the time. But <laughs> I get this email back that was like, hey, like we don't think you're quite right for like the how to kiss video. But what about like teaching children's songs to kids? I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> So I made 38 of these videos. They did so well. They've garnered millions of views at this point. And from there, people found me online. This one girl found me in Miami and wanted to pick my brain about starting a type of jam with Jamie in Miami, but for herself. And I was like, well, why don't you just work with me? And then one of my performers from New York moved to Chicago to do a show there, West Side Story. And I was like, do you want to just do like parties in Chicago and we'll get it going? And then someone was like, oh, my God, I have someone in L.A. who would be amazing. And it just naturally expanded. And I had no business plan. I have like no background in business. I just I went to school at UT Austin for theater and it was actually a theater and dance BA, but like, I don't know how to dance, but I do have a diploma that says theater and dance. So I I do, um, I have two left feet. So there's that. Um, and that's how it took off. And at the time I was also getting engaged and like, like four years into the business and getting married. And I started focusing as, you know, anyone in that stage of their life, does my attention into that and liking having other people to count on to go out to parties and events. And I enjoyed running the business and growing it and putting on my business hat and learning as I went. And now we're in nine cities and have 60 performers on the team. And I have an operations manager who's also my best friend that is our ops for everything and specifically classes. That's her main focus. And growth for performers and she wears so many hats as any, you know, as someone does when you have a small business, everybody there kind of wears a lot of hats. I have a class operations man, a, a party operations manager, a casting director. So someone who runs social media, show up authentic, shout out. They're amazing. Also run by a very good friend of mine um, that I met on peanut, that friend dating app yeah. um, years ago. That's, Amazing. Oh, yeah. I could talk about peanut. I love peanut. If you're looking for mamas in your neighborhood, um, someone to meet up with at the park with your kids, that's how I met her. Now she runs Show Up Authentic. And I've got this whole amazing team and I've learned how to delegate and I have three kids. And you asked me like how I work without getting divorced and keeping my head straight. The truth is, is that my head is barely on straight and I I like it that way. (laughs) I've always been a juggler. And I also figured out how to make time for myself. Like I meditate twice a day. I eat well. I like to walk a lot. I'm trying to get back into working out, but I like to walk a lot. I like to give myself space to do all those things. And I think delegating has been the answer 
for like my balance, but I'm still running around. I mean, I have three kids in a business. Like I'm still a crazy person. Right. That's really interesting. Are you a, would you say a more hands-on parent where you're constantly there or are you not to say this is hands off by any means? Are you a book the child in school and extracurricular until the end of the day and then I will come and get them? How do you do it? And I'm asking because I have one child and I pick him up after school because he whines and complains that he doesn't want to stay for after school care. And I also want to be there for him because I can. I don't need to work the whole day. I can get everything done in six hours instead of eight. And I'm wondering, though, with three children, is it a necessity to keep them at school or do you pick them up at three o'clock? How does that work for you? Uh, I Yeah, I, um, I'm guilty of keeping their, them there as long as I can. <laughs> I drop them off at 8.15. The boys, Zach and Evan, who are seven and almost five. And I pick them up. They do after school. I pick them up at like 4.30. Um, and then I have a nanny for my daughter, Zoe, who's a year and a half. I have help and I'm very grateful for that help. I mean, that's what really allows me to be sane. And I know that's a privilege. And I think that it's important if you're able to, to give yourself the space during the day to focus on yourself and your work and or whatever else brings you joy. That's probably how I'm able to feel balanced. Did you ever have a conversation with yourself, because this is narrative in my head, about a nanny filling your role some part of the day so that you can work. I felt bad about that too. Like, you know, there's times where I went out of town, I was there for uh, work and um, I was in New York and she like started to walk a little bit and I wasn't there. And I was like, oh, like, I'm like, push her down. (laughs) Don't let her walk. Um, The lucky thing is I'm, I work from home. So I really get to see Zoe all day long. I just have hands, extra hands to help me with her. Mm -hmm. And with the kids in school, they're thriving. They love it. Like they're not complaining to me about the after school. Otherwise I would consider maybe not having them in after school. Um, And there's a couple days where I take them out at the right when school ends and we do other after school activities and I take them myself. Um, And I love that. I like I like being able to do that. I like being soccer mom and carpool mom and play date mom. And I feel like I'm getting to do both of those things right now, which I feel really lucky to be able to do both. Um, I, I lost myself when I was doing all of it myself. I've tried. I didn't have help when Zach was born and I really was like losing it. Like it was too much for me. Some people are able to find that balance and really lean into it and enjoy it. And it's great. And I just like, I, I like also having like my business hat and, um, and being able to work. Like it's a big part of who I am. And so being able to do both has worked for me. Um, and and I also, on the weekends, it's just me and my husband and the kids. And on Monday, I'm really ready for them to go to school again. And I feel like I get my fix of like 24-7 with my kids, you know, starting Friday after school through Sunday night. Come Monday, I'm like, okay, it's 8.30, bye. <laughs> but it works. And our little family is functioning really well and we're all really happy. So it's, it works for now. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate the vulnerability and transparency. I know so many of us have all different narratives on how they see motherhood and think about what their life would look like with another child or with a nanny or 
being more involved and staying at home longer and or taking a career, you know, coming out of stay at home working with children and taking a job outside of the home or inside of the home in addition to watching children. There's so many narratives and it's so nice to have transparent conversations about different journeys and how you make it happen and manage it without guilt or shame and how it works just for you guys. I think that's so important. We are just barraged with media of, oh, this is a season, it will pass. And and that's fine. If you choose to stay at home with your child all the time, that is totally up to you. There, But there are so many paths and so many ways to achieve family happiness, overall happiness or or chaos. There's no right or wrong. Everybody has what works for them. And sometimes you need to fall down to figure out that it's not working and get back up again and figure out something else. So so we've definitely fallen, you know, like I'm sure many have like where, okay, this isn't working. And Mm -hmm. I think that being able to notice that and talk about it with your partner um, um, and be able to have that, those that communication with mm-hmm. yourself, with everybody in your family allows you to grow and figure out what does work. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have fear in expanding your family? Oh, yeah. Um, I came from three. So I've always wanted three. But as I had two, I was like, do I want three? Um, I always knew I definitely wanted two. I, and that was just something for me that I, this vision I had. Um, and I really did want three, but once I had the two, I'm like, this is a lot of work. Like, what does my life look like? Can I have all of this? Can I have this like, you know, quote unquote balance? Um, if there's another child in the picture, like what, how do we do that with another little being like running around and needing our attention? And because my attention is split between two already, when I add in a third, like how much are each of them getting from me? Am I, is it a disservice to them? I had all of these thoughts. And now that I have three, seven, almost five and one and a half, I can say from, from our experience that it works. It makes sense. It's like, the, the yes, everyone always wants attention. Everyone's always asking for attention. Like if I'm not, if I'm talking to one, the other one's dancing and juggling behind me. And then like <laughs> Zoe's crying at my foot and literally grabbing onto my leg, like hold me, need me, like feed me, love me. Like, and that's just what it is when we're all together. And they're all on top of me when I wake up in the morning and one needs a bottle and one wants to tell me about their birthday and what ask me about presents and this and that. And I'm trying to tell them to stop. And the other one is doing this and they're literally on top of my head and they're <laughs> all yelling at each other. And we're, you're, we're laughing and we're screaming and we're telling them to get to school and it's chaos. It's complete chaos. And like, sh- could it be calmer in the morning in some households? Yeah. Like, do sometimes I wish it was a little bit more relaxed and we can wake up, like stretch our arms and, you know, take one or two children to the breakfast table. Like, yeah, it's chaos. And I know people with more kids um, who are, you know, they're figuring it out and it's loud and they, sometimes it's nice that it's just, it's lively, you know, mm-hmm. it's, we're alive. We're, we've got a pulse and we're really living life together. Um, and I think one day we'll really miss that noise. That gives me goosebumps. Just when you say we're alive and we're living and we're really 
you know, we have a pulse, whether you have one child or three or five, or you can apply that to anything, you know, taking a risk, believing in yourself, starting your own company, right? Absolutely. And so that's just a good check-in, you know, like, do you feel alive? Do you feel like you have a pulse? And does this make you excited? Whatever the decision is, right? Even if it makes you angry or sad, like you're feeling something. And then that typically will evolve into something else as you work it out. I felt Mm. all of the emotions. I'm a cancer. So like, you know, we feel things. Mm. Um, And I've started to embrace that more later in life that like, that's a good thing. It's good to feel things. And Mm -hmm. that's how you grow. You're very wise. Jam with Jamie needs an adult life coaching section. (laughs) Right, I'm good. I'll, I'll leave my coaching sessions for my friends. (laughs) sign me up we coach each other we do we do we need it sisterhood man i cannot get through my life without my women and my girlfriends Mm -mm. no way i would be kidding myself if i thought my husband and my son and my very nuclear family could fill all of those roles i mean girlfriends are friends girlfriends are everything we It's a different kind of relationship. And it took me a while. I think I read, it was probably like a meme or a reel or something that like your girlfriends are for one thing and your husband is for another thing. And like, don't (laughs) think that you're going to talk to your husband or your partner and think that they're going to give you, I mean, some relationships, they've got it all, you know, they can talk about anything. I can also talk to Sean about anything, but it's, there's something different with your girlfriends that you can just like... Mm -hmm bitch and moan, whatever, and they'll actually listen, mm-hmm. <laughs> like care. Um, whereas I feel like, you know, Sean is actually just appeasing me to listen to me. Um, and then doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to get deep into it. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Let's transition because I want to know more about children and music and the impact that music has on children's brains at a very young age. Can you help us understand why it's important, if it's important to introduce music to children? People will have a baby that's like two months old and reach out to me and say, do you think my baby's too young to start music classes? And I always say, say, absolutely not. You come, you're going to meet people in our classes. This is a social experiment for you as well to, to mingle with other, because it's a very lonely time when you just have had a baby, like getting into these classes is not just good for your child and their development of music, but for you as well. I also tell pregnant uh, women to play music and sing to their babies. The mother's voice is the most beautiful sound to a child. Maybe when they're 15, they might change their mind. The child, they'll be like, oh, actually mom's voice isn't so great. But when they're a baby in the womb, they hearing your voice is the most comforting, beautiful sound to them. So sing to them while they're in your womb and sing to them when they're a baby, even if you don't love to sing. Um, Talk to them. That is music. Speaking, conversation, that is music. And when they're born, they remember that sound and they want to be surrounded by music because it's comforting. So I tell them, like, start right away. Come to our classes as soon as you're ready. Um, Zach, my uh, oldest, was not just for work purposes. I wasn't even performing at the time. I was visiting a class. We were at a class like a month. He was a month old, um, showed maybe three weeks old. And I had him on me and we, and he like, when he was awake, he was sleeping, he was sleeping a lot. He was looking around, he was listening. He was taking it in 
Like I could see him really listening. And Mm -hmm. to this day, I feel like all of my kids really like shine because I've had music around them so much. Um, And it's uh, even when I'm training one of my performers, I say that the music that you're sharing with the people in class is a conversation. So music to me is a language. It's another way of speaking to kids and it's a way of communicating with them. So yes, start right from the beginning, any music, any music you like um, and share it with them and bring them to music classes and really immerse them in that. I am going to point out something you said because it is something that I believe is so important. Music is a language. And when we have a child, sometimes we say, oh, they're going to speak Spanish. Oh, they're going to speak French. Oh, they're going to speak Mandarin. And maybe we'll say they'll take piano lessons. But I've started to think, and not that this is right or wrong, but I've started and began to think that the music lessons that my son gets twice a week are language lessons. And it's just another way for him to communicate. And that communication is self-expression. It is a language. It's just, to me, the same as learning something else, except it has a little possibly more art to it than learning Spanish or French. And it's more fun. Absolutely. And I think there's something kind of ancient to it and healing in addition to you know, when you sing songs and the vibration of that one song carries throughout eternity. And, you know, that's an energy that matches other people and whether, you know, it's just, it is, it's a beautiful language. Um, And so if you are feeling guilty about not introducing your child to a traditional second language, music is always an amazing option and a gift Yes. Being able to play, being able to sing, just being immersed in it, even if there isn't like the the drive or interest in pursuing an instrument or singing, just mm-hmm. being around it and appreciating music. It allows for you and your family to be, be able to be a part of this community. That's such a wonderful place to be going to concerts and playing music at home and having instruments around. I have this big gathering drum. It's my favorite instrument because it can be used for so many things, not only to drum on, but to stand on and perform on it to, um, to come around and make different noises. I just think even having, um, I used to work with Jenny Moness, uh, co-founder of Union Square Play. And we had this wonderful class called Mo Mommies. And Jam with Jamie, we came together and she uses a lot of repurposed materials where we would use pots and pans and spatulas and still to this day, I'll put out like all these kitchen utensils and let my kids just go at it. They can play for hours. You can make music with anything. Um, And I think immersing your kids and your family in music from the start brings you together. It's a happy place. Absolutely. Let's talk about formal music education, Mm -hmm. going to piano lessons, going to violin. When is it a good time to introduce that, the more formal? It still is play-based, but more sit down and learn how to read music. I think a child's able to start piano lessons or guitar lessons at like seven or eight years old. Seven, you're starting. Before that, it's really play-based. After that, they're able to at a very basic level, start to understand chords. And I don't teach, I have to like caveat this with like, 
I don't teach guitar. I don't teach keys. I just have a seven-year-old. And I've also had a lot of clients ask me this question, but I might be a little wrong on the ages, but with a seven-year-old, I think right now is about the time that I could start to put him into a class. Um, he hasn't asked for that, but I know other kids starting at four-year-olds, four years old, because their kid was ready for it. They were able to pick up a guitar and start kind of learning chords. The kids with um, that wanted guitar actually started on a ukulele because it's smaller and the guitar is a little too big for them. But um, at four and five years old, I've had clients ask us, like, my kid loves guitar. Like, I need to get them into lessons. And I've paired them up with guitar teachers on our team. That's not a main thing that we do. It's just something I have done for people in the past. And there's some wonderful places like School of Rock and uh, Blue Balloon Music School. They're in New York. They're incredible. And they also will write original music with the kids. Oh, wow. She'd be a good person to have on and ask her about this as well. But I think it's when your child's really ready and asking for it. I don't think it should be forced. I think it needs to be something that they really want to do. Mm -hmm. My son loves violin and he kind of liked piano and I changed his teacher and now he's really excited for both. Oh, that's wonderful. And so I'm wondering, that's, that's a hard choice. Like it's a hard choice. That's a hard choice. He wanted to give up piano because his teacher was more formal. Mm -hmm. He's fun and he yeah. loves to goof off and play around and also learn, but learn by not knowing he's learning. I think that's it. It needs to be playful. It needs I only to know so much about the lessons part, but from my gut, my heart, it would be make it an enjoyable environment. I know mm -hmm. we think about like, I remember my first piano lesson and then I stopped. Honestly, I'm not a piano player. And it was in this cold, like stuffy room. And I don't know, it was just so uh, like the joy was ripped out of it. Mm -hmm. And it felt so intense that I think that made me not like it. Some kids like that, mm -hmm. the regimented type. Mm -hmm. And also I think piano sometimes in the beginning, seeing my niece, Myra, who started, like I don't think she liked it in the beginning. And I mm -hmm. believe that the teacher was great and it was a nice, playful environment, but she didn't love it because it is kind of a strict instrument. Like you really need to practice, mm -hmm. but now she loves it because I think it's a hard, I think it's hard to, learn piano from the beginning, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. when you're young, depending on when you're learning. And you oftentimes just need to stick with it. And maybe you do need your parents to just say, you've got to go, you got to go. I haven't done it yet. So like, I don't know. Um, but I think that it does pay off to have mm -hmm. piano first, especially as a songwriter. I kind of wish my mom just made me keep going and that mm -hmm. I learned piano because it would have made me a better musician, better with music theory. And I didn't stick with it. So there's two sides to it. If you're listening and like, you're like, what do I do with my kid? Like go with your gut and your heart and have the conversation with your kid. Like how badly does your kid want to do it? You don't want to be forcing them. You want it to be a joyful experience. Not like, oh, my mom made me to go to piano lessons. But I think if it's an open conversation, then it becomes an enjoyable thing that you both are deciding on together. It's not like mm -hmm. you have to go. You're maybe tell them why it would be good one day to have that skill. So it's mm -hmm. a real conversation and they understand why they're doing it now. If you want to be a musician one day, you know, all, from all my musician friends, I hear that this is a really great way to start, but make it not like you have to do this. <laughs>
When I was interviewing schools for my son next year, I was at this really, really progressive school and they have an incredible music program. And I think it was a fifth grader hopped on a piano out in the main area, not even in a a studio, and started jamming out on Dr. Dre. It was so cool. So cool. And so, you know, I tell the story because there are so many paths to music. It's not just formal education, CD, CD. Of course, you have to learn that. But what I'm explaining to my son is, look, you might see these other kids playing Christmas music, but at the next Christmas play, not that he's going to be jamming out with Dr. Dre, but how funny would it be if we picked something else that he was like, oh, you know, I like this if it's DuckTales, like vintage theme song, making it something fun. And so I I file this under my ninja momming category where I know it's good for him. And so I want to teach him to be resilient and come up with ways to help him stick with it. So coming up with creative, fun things like that have helped me. And I was going to ask you if you have any ideas or tips on how to get your kid to stick with music if they're not really drawn to it. Well, again, I think it's the it's the conversation about where what they like about it and what they don't like about it and really allowing them to ultimately make the decision, but providing them with everything they need to know because they're young and you know more. Um, just from experience. We know more. Mm-hmm. We know what's out there. We know why you need to learn an instrument. We know where it can get you. We know how it develops the brain. There's like scientific research on how music helps the brain develop and how it helps you with your other studies because it's memorization. It's it's um it it's it it allows your it allows you to become skilled in one area that really helps you be skilled in so many other things. So sharing that information with them really helps to to stick with something because I think that they then know more about it and understand why they want to stick with it. It's not like mom or dad is just telling me what to do. It's right. that I, I got to make this decision with them. Right. Tell me about the TV show you've got going on. Ooh. Um, okay. So The Bubbles Brigade is a, is a book that was started by a mother-daughter duo And back in the beginning of the pandemic, they reached out to me to write an original song for them, like the theme song for Flubble Bubble. So I did. Then the world shut down and we were going to do this music video with it or whatever. And I brought my friend Kristen Crawl in as uh, a producer to help us consider a TV series. And we started writing these shorts. We put out four shorts that are about five minutes long each. We wrote them, produced them, created them. I started it along with these animated bubbles. And it now is on um, line. You can go to thebubblesbrigade.com and watch the episodes. We have ongoing content coming to Bubbles Brigade on Instagram. At the Bubbles Brigade. Go check it out. Follow us there. And we're about to put out some really fun content on there. Little mini shorts and it's super fun and hopefully a network eventually picks it up. I've created a few shows now, like a few um, adult web series and concepts that we've tried to sell to networks over the past decade. It's hard, but we don't do it unless we love it, right? We don't run our businesses and everything just for money. At least I don't. So it's all of this writing and the creativity that has been running through my veins since I was born 
it's been because I love to do it. So I continue to do it because I love to do it. And hopefully it takes off, you know, if someone feels as passionate about it as we do. So that's the Bubbles Brigade. Also working on uh, a memoir about loss. I've experienced a lot of loss in my life, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I lost my parents to cancer and my brother before my parents passed in a car accident when I was 13. And that was all in a span of 10 years. So, and those were all my coming of age years. Um, so I, I love to write. I've been writing since I was in fifth grade in a journal and just writing plays and songs. And that's been one of my things. So over the past few years, I've been writing and taking classes with Brooklyn Writers Correct Collective run by Molly Rosenguy, who's incredible if anybody wants writing classes and just exploring writing on my own. So that's another hat I wear. I kind of have my hand in a lot of things. That's how I've always been. And I, I love it and kind of throw things against the wall and see what sticks. Well, to have a memoir that is a coming of age where you're going through grief. And I think you said it's comedic as well. I would like to say that it's comedic. I'm not Maybe sure as I'm writing something, it's really not funny, but I yeah. feel like I'm a funny person. <laughs> At least that's what my, uh, my friends tell me. Um, <laughs> but um, sometimes when I'm writing, it's hard to find that balance. Like talking, the way that you talk and the way that you write, sometimes for me, there's a disconnect. So I'm still finding my written voice I'd like for it to be a comedy, but once it comes out, you might read it and say, you know, it's just, it wasn't that funny, but um, <laughs> I, was, I hope that it's real and it means something to um, whoever reads it. My intention is for it to be something that people can relate to and feel like, okay, this is, I've dealt with my own loss in life. Maybe it wasn't a, a person that I lost, but it was a marriage that I lost or a job that I lost or whatever that looks like for you. Um, and not just about loss, but living life and going through the motions of having things happen to you and how life can knock you down, but then um, how you then look at life positively, which is hard to do. And I've had moments where I certainly was not feeling super positive myself and wanted to just throw in the towel and give up. Um, because it sucked in those moments. It's so dark. But then I've, um, I've been able to, with a lot of support, find my way. And um, that, is, that is the essence of this story. What would you say is the most supportive thing that you found on your journey or the biggest support system? Being able to notice when things aren't going so well um, and when you're feeling lonely and then talking about it and using whatever resources you feel are going to be helpful, whatever it is. I like looking for signs and maybe that's the woo in me, mm -hmm. um, but saying yes to things that maybe I wouldn't or, you know, mm. taking those, that path with tapping or I don't know if you know what tapping is, mm -hmm. um, um, EFT, MDR, which is really great with grief. Finding those grief support groups, modern loss is an incredible one. Leaning into retreats and writing. And I meditate. I learned transcendental meditation with my mom when she was sick with hospice. I, I leaned into that. I've just said yes to a lot of things. Mm. I've I've there's been times I want to say no to everything too, even mm -hmm. after learning all these things. I've wanted to shut the door and say no. And then something pushes me out. 
maybe it's the same mom that says, do your piano work. Um, but maybe it's this voice in my head. That's like, you just go, just do it. Like fake it till you make it just Mm -hmm. like smile. And even when it feels like it's fake and eventually it starts to feel real. Um, I've also had medication in the past. I'm not on anything right now. I've found that nutritionally, I have an inflammatory disorder called UCTD. That's an autoimmune issue I've, I've struggled with for like a very long time, 15, 16 years. And changing my diet and working with, um, I'm name dropping a lot, but I have so many, I, this is what I'm saying is I have so many wonderful resources and this is how I feel like I am where I am and I'm still growing. But my friend Mara File, who um, has a company called Stand Up Health and she started something called the Gut Center. She's worked with me to provide me with an incredible regimen of supplements that have changed my life. And I have to mention it because I'm more clear headed. I feel more positive. I was able to get rid of all my inflammation, which was debilitating at one point with supplements and nutrition. So if anybody's struggling with autoimmune or anything, a lot of it's inflammatory and starts in your gut. So with all of those things combined, I'm who I am right now. And I still know that I've got a way to go, but I'm open to whatever that is. And I wouldn't be surprised if one day I'm not. And I feel like, fuck it. And excuse me. And like, you want to shut the doors again, because I think life is a roller coaster and we're always going through it. So much there. So much richness. Thank you for sharing. Are you ready for some rapid fire? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Favorite instrument for children? Guitar. One thing you can't live without? Meditation. Something not many people know about you? Um, I have a very long tongue. <laughs> I can touch my nose and do tricks. Biggest challenge right now? Um, dealing with grief on a daily basis. Something you're looking forward to? This, this summer, I'm going back to Woodlock, and it's my favorite place in the Poconos. Hmm. Something you do that makes you feel good about yourself? Singing. How can the listeners find you and ask you questions? I'm sure that they'll have questions not just about Jam with Jamie, but also the resources you've mentioned. So you can reach out to me on my personal Instagram at Jamie Kolnick. Um, you can also reach out to me at Jam with Jamie and check us out there. And um, Jamie Kolnick at gmail.com. If you want to write me a personal note or chat, I'm super open. I love meeting new people. So um, please reach out. Thank you so much, Jamie. This was such an enriching conversation. I'm so glad that we started off talking about motherhood and a career. And I'm not going to use the word balance, but living the pulse of Mm -hmm. it all feels more accurate. And that also, to me, what I'm taking away from this conversation and what I see in the way that you choose to live life is freedom. And it is, we might say, you might have limitations and restrictions because of the little time that you might have when your children are at school to yourself. But it really feels like freedom to me that you lead fearlessly and make your choices in life fearlessly and out of purpose and love. That is something that I'm taking from this conversation. And I hope the listeners take that too and use that as a a metric. You know, is this decision I'm making out of fear or is it out of feeling free and out of love for myself and purpose. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. This was such a wonderful time to spend with you. And I really appreciate you having me on. 
Thanks for listening today. If there's anything in this episode that resonated with you or led you to take action, I'd love for you to share it with me on social. Remember to rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I am so grateful for all of your voices and support and love. And I'm just sending you all a great big hug.